having the world to himself. And then in that same verse on the bottom, he says, entrusting to us the message of, you guessed it, reconciliation. And then in verse 21, or in verse 20, he again says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled. What can I say reconciled? We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The, the word reconcile means that there has been a restoration in a relationship. In the ancient world, when that word reconcile was used, it meant that two people or two political parties were having some problems, but perhaps even on the brink of war. Yet one of those parties would send out a sort of peace treaty to say, like, hey, let's be good. We, you know, let, let's not beef. Let's have some harmony. But it, it also carries the sense of, of friendship. Like, not only that we don't got beef no more, that we don't have any animosity no more, but let, let's be friends. You see, in this text, the interesting thing about it is that God is the one who's making the first move. Throughout the text, it's saying that God is the one who reconciles himself to us, and then he gives us the message of reconciliation. But how did God reconcile us to himself? Well, verse 21, look at verse 21, he says, For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, here's the purpose, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See that? In verse 19, he says, in Christ, he said, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses. Just let me say trespasses. Not counting the trespasses against them. This means that when Jesus died on the cross, God considered the death that Jesus took on the cross as a payment for our sin. And then God credited us with a right standing with Him. You follow me? Which is the basis of a friendship with Him. God sent His Son Jesus on earth who was sinless. He had no sin in Him. He came on earth, lived a perfect life, and died the death that we deserve on our behalf. See, some of y'all will get that on the way home. But for the others, for the others, I'm going to try to make it pray for you. I've met with some tough dudes. I was probably like the softest one out of all of them. Okay? And, and one of the things about the dudes that I grew up in is like the barber shop was like a big deal. And I actually had a barber friend. And this barber friend, one time he was cutting one of our mutual friends. I'm not going to say their names because they're not mutual friends. He was cutting his hair. And at the end of the, the, the haircut, uh, my friend, our mutual friend, the barber, he, he, he was like, yo, man, like, what happened, bro? Like trying to pin like our group of friends against each other, 
And then finally it got to a point where like one of our friends, his name was Victor, he's like, yo, man, this got to stop over a haircut. We're talking about $20. Just $20. Yo, why, why don't we all get together and set them up and we're going to do So one day, you know, we tell them, yo, we're going to watch the fight. And we, we bring them to, to, to one, of, one of our houses and, and we're there and as we're as, as we're like watching like a basketball game, I forget what it was, like we're like, so uh, you guys are here, obviously you guys got beat, and then Victor's like, look man, I'm going to pay the fee for this haircut, because obviously this dude doesn't want to let up, and you guys aren't going to be friends unless you get your money, right Barbara friend? He's like, right, and this dude is like, well now man, this guy made me mad, I don't even want to pay him, so like, so like they're going back and forth, and finally, my friend Victor ends up paying for his haircut, and they're all friends. I know that sounds really petty. But you see, over a haircut, they became enemies. They're beefing, but then my man Victor, he paid the fee so that they could have a restored relationship. You see, this is what God is trying to draw out through the text today. See, we were enemies to God. We were beefing with God. We had animosity with God. And God had to intervene. So he sent his son Jesus to pay the debt that we should pay. For every time that we lie. For every time that we looked at that person lustful. For every time that we cheated on our taxes. For every time that we looked at that person as if they were less than Jesus paid the fee so that we could have a restored relationship with God. And you see, God makes friends enemies. However, in this text, what we see is that this friendship with God doesn't just end there. It doesn't just stay complacent. It's not, it's not stagnant. God not only reconciles us to himself, the church, God invites his friends to participate in his work in the world. So think about that. God makes us his friends. He takes the first move. He sends his son down who pays the fee for what we deserve, which is death, and he allows us to join him in his activity in the world. Child of God, brother and sister, we have a purpose here on earth. Our lives, our aim is, and we see this in verse 21. In verse 20, he says, therefore, we are ambassadors. Can you say ambassadors with me? Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. In the Roman Empire, ambassadors had the responsibility to be the messengers for the emperor. The emperor was the head honcho. He was, he was the dude who called the shots in the entire empire. So if you were an ambassador, that was a sophisticated position. Not just anybody got that position. Because you had to relay some, some messengers. And when you relayed a message, you were relaying a message as if it was the emperor himself relaying a message. And here, the writer of this text named Paul, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. You see, in our day, ambassadors still function in 
that same manner. Ambassadors are ones who represent their land, the country of their citizenship, in a foreign one. Yeah, but these are, these are some characteristics of ambassadors in our regard. to this? First, ambassadors keep an eye on the interests of the country that they represent in the foreign land. You know what I'm stepping in? Okay, so they, they got their eye on them. Let me see how, how we can build relationships on behalf of uh, my country. Or let me clue in my country on what's going on here. Give them the inside scoop. Get a keen eye. And because of this, they're also aware of the needs of that foreign land, and they're, they're supposed to seek to serve on behalf of their nation in that foreign land. Okay, so they got an eye on what's going on for the interest of the country of their citizenship, and then they also assess the needs of that nation in order for them to see how their country can serve that foreign land. And then finally, speaks on behalf of their country, the foreign leaders. They get into these meetings, make negotiations, try to become friends with this foreign land. But for Paul, to say this is an astounding thing. It's, it's ironic, and it's ironic for three, for three reasons. All right? God, this is ironic because God turned one of his greatest enemies, Paul, to one of his greatest representatives. Now, I want you to uh, check out in verse in verse 18 uh, when he says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us. He's talking about him and his homeboys. He reconciled us to himself. See, Paul was a persecutor of the church. He's one who used to approve of the murder of Christians prior to him having a relationship with Jesus. Here, Paul is saying, now I'm an ambassador for Christ. God turned his enemies into his friends and turned them into his representatives. It's ironic. It's also ironic because God sent Paul as his representative to a people that Paul once despised. They were called the Gentiles. See, when Paul first planted this church in Corinth, and this church when he went to the city, he went to the synagogue where all the Jews were standing. And he tried to tell them about Jesus, and he tried to tell them about their encounter with Jesus. But when he was there, they were, he was rejected by the Jews, his fellow countrymen. And he ends up going to uh, some dude's house, and he ends up telling them about Jesus. And then when he tells them about Jesus, they begin to believe. But they were Gentiles. They weren't Jews. And Jews and Gentiles didn't really rock with each other. They didn't really have friendship with each other. You could even say that in one sense, they were even enemies with one another. But see, here's Paul being so devout, being a persecutor of Christians because he was a devout Jew. Now he's reaching out to the very people he used to have The people that he once was hostile to called the Gentiles. And thirdly, this is ironic for Paul to say this because God used Paul as his representative to create a new community that included both Jews and Gentiles called the church. So part of Paul's message was like, because we've been reconciled back to God, 
because God saw that we were all jacked up, plus some. Because of that, God also made a new community of jacked up people, and he makes them new, and he calls them the church, and he calls them the bride, his bride. Ironic. And the only explanation for these ironies is in that same verse. In the irony, we see that there was clearly God at work because this couldn't have come from Paul himself. Because he was an enemy to God. He was an enemy to these people. And he surely didn't want to create a community together called the church prior to his conversion to Jesus. Verse 20, he says, Therefore, because God has reconciled us, we are ambassadors for Christ. And again in verse 20, he says, God making his appeal through us. That is, God is making his case for the relationship he provides with us. God is appealing with the unreachable, to those the religious forgot to those the religious had nothing to do with. Here God was using his once sworn enemy, now turned friend, to reach out to the least, the last, and the lost. See, I'm afraid that sometimes our greatest hindrance is taking the gospel, the message of reconciliation for others with our individual See, we live in a, in a world, we live in a society, we live in a neighborhood where we often are socialized to set our eyes on our own interests, not the interests of others. Also, we serve our own needs, right? Like, I am you, 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 Don't act like you're too spiritual either. Like, we, we serve our own needs, and just maybe, maybe, Maybe we might give our loved ones to those in need. We're also uncomfortable. We get uncomfortable when it comes to telling people about Jesus because it might cost us something. It might cost us a social life. It might cost us our very lives in some cases. I remember this one time I was convicted because I was I was in a in a real community. time, and as I'm, I'm there in the real community, we left kind of late, and, and I'm driving, and I'm on uh, Belmont Avenue, right there on the corner of Belmont and Harlem, and I'm driving by, and I just see like this, this, this high school kid, he's just, he's just weeping, and like you would think like I'd be there and be like, oh, this is so but at that time I was like tired, and I was like, oh God, not right now, please, like I, I just want to go home, I got to go to work in the morning, watch a little TV or something like that, like I don't got time for this. So, like, this dude is, like, weeping, and I'm there, and it's a red light. So, like, now it's awkward, because I'm, like, struggling with God. Like, I'm like, nah, I ain't going. And he's like, you better go. So, as, I, as I'm there, I'm, like, I'm like struggling, and I'm just like, I'm not going to go. And I actually passed him up, and then I felt like God was like, man, you need to go talk to this dude. This dude is, like, broken. He looked like a young dude, and it came to a point where I was, like, I was, like, really struggling. Like, man, I want to get to bed. 
So like I, I called up uh, uh, Elder Tony, Pastor Tony, and and I, and I called him. I'm like, yo, yo, could you? Uh, like this time it's like 11:30 or something. Like that. And I'm like, hey, could you uh, meet me outside? I want to go and like talk to this dude. And I was like hoping like Pastor Tony would like talk to the dude for me, you know. And then he needed to serve him. Like he invited him into his house and all of that. You know, I was just gonna set that up. But then we, we, we got there. He ended up not being there. And it was just like a weird situation. it might cost you that. Your time, it might cost you that. Your job, it might cost you that. Your living situation, it might cost you that. Because God has called us to be his representatives and that is with God, that friendship or the true test of that is the way that you extend that to others. Little friendship, little relationship with God, you're probably doing little relating to others who need God. More relationship with God, the more you relate to God, the more that you cultivate this friendship, this friendship that has been reconciled to God when you yourself and I myself was a sinner who wanted nothing to do with God, lost and hopeless. See, the more we cultivate our friendship with God, the more enemy. 
God. You can be reconciled because in verse 17, look at verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone, church family, say anyone. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. But you say, hey, hey, I'm so, I'm so lost. You don't know what I just did last night. You don't know how jacked up I am. You don't know how broken I am. The text says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You might be saying, man, I got so many problems. My marriage is on the brink of divorce, or I'm divorced, I'm lonely. How can anybody love me? The text says, if anyone is in Christ, he has a new relationship. You might be here, you'd be saying, Man, I cheated on that church. I looked at that girl lustful. I looked at that dude, and I just wanted to gold dig it. The text says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It's my God. You see, you can be reconciled back to God no matter what you do. I don't care if you murdered somebody. You can be reconciled back to God if you turn away from your sin and you come to Jesus and believe that Jesus died for your sin. You can be reconciled back to God no matter how far you've gone. Because in Jesus, God no longer holds your sin against you. Not anything that you can do. You can't try to fix yourself. You can't come to church enough. You can't pray enough. No, God provides the way for you to be reconciled to Him through His Son Jesus. If you just believe today, today will be the day of salvation. You can be enemies from your friends and still die. Because the text says, Second invitation for the church. Church, God is inviting us today to be ambassadors for Christ. And it is uncomfortable, but God has given us an opportunity to participate in his activity. We gotta represent him. You know, we gotta we gotta walk with that ambassador swag at the at the job. You know, in our schools. There are three ways I want us to, to, to highlight. God has given us the ability to represent him in our spheres of influence. We do want to write these down. Okay, because God has called us ambassadors. So the first way is we want to see what God sees. We want to see what God sees. We want to ask God to give you the compassion to see the brokenness in people around you. Often a good indicator of seeing what God sees are those who acknowledge their brokenness to you and actually want to engage you in a conversation about them. It's probably a good indicator. Or when you approach somebody about Jesus and they're willing to like actually have a dialogue with you, it's a, probably a good indicator that they're open, they're receptive to hearing what God has to say to them. See what God sees. Secondly, 
giving us time, he's, he's giving us money so that we can give it to the world. All that we have, whether it's a little bit, whether it's a lot, God has given it to you and me so that we can share it, not to hoard it. He's given it to us so that we can give it to the world as his representative. We want to see what God sees. We want to serve what God has given to his servants. We want to speak about what God has God has provided an opportunity for those who are far from him to draw near. And it's our job, it's our responsibility. God has entrusted the message of reconciliation, the message of friendship back to God that's found in Jesus. He's entrusted it to us to tell people. We want to tell people about the death and resurrection of Jesus because that is the only hope for our world. We want to see what God sees. We want to serve what God has given. We want to see what God has done. Because you see, when we do this, we are functioning with our identity as friends and ambassadors. Isn't that cool? That God not only gives us a relationship with him, but we can actually have a friendship with him, but God also recruits us into the greatest mission ever known to man, which is God. Which is to see his justice and his reign here in heaven, from heaven to earth. by this lady because I'm like, man, this lady, like, she, she suffered so much. I mean, she had lost her husband. She lost her, her, her daughter, which is like a two-year span. And then uh, to, to make matters worse, one of her sons got hit by, by a car. And they were going to say that he was going to be paralyzed for the rest of his life, for the rest of his life. But he ended up surviving, and she had to care for him pretty much for the rest of his life going forward. So I was like, how, how could this lady right here who's suffering so much have a relationship with God where she's just like cool with God, she talks to God, but also I was thinking like, man, she has a friendship with God in such a way that like she not only wants that friendship for herself, but she actually serves people with the little that she has. She's there in the hospital with little, little kids to people, driving people to going to ask her, like, like, how did you, like, get to this place? Because this is, this is, this is something special right here. And she, she actually tells me, she's like, well, actually, it wasn't always that way. I actually, for all intents and purposes, I was actually an enemy to God. I was hostile to God. Because, you see, when I came to El Salvador, I came with nothing to America. 
El Salvador, um, the, the, the group of, of church people, they began to like talk to my mom and riddle me. And I brought my mom to El Salvador. And these church people kept talking to her, like coming to the house, and they would try to like share like this message about Jesus with her. And, and, and finally, like they, they started like stepping into my house and like talking to her. And next thing I know, to make matters worse, now my husband, who was like a rolling stone, now he's like listening to them, and then he begins to like, like, like start to agree with what they're talking about in regards to Jesus, and he becomes a follower of Jesus. And finally, she's like, yo, y'all need to like get out of my house. I don't want this little Bible study, this little real community stuff that's going on in my house. I don't want it no more. You guys like got to go. So she's like arguing with her husband, like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't want I don't want this no more. But she said that this group of people, they were just so persistent. They just like would not stop. They would just constantly be like, all right, it's okay. Like, you hate us. We love you. You know, that type of thing. Like, we love you. Praise God. We love your husband. Love your mom. We want to serve you. We're here. You know, like bringing like little, little food to the house and stuff like that. And finally, that just grabbed her attention. And that love just drew her in. And she, she began to listen too. And then, ends up having a relationship with Jesus. What you saying is, you know, I was in school. What God did for me, you don't. I'm just doing what God did for me. You don't. Because I also want to see
pray that you would compel us as a church to make impact in our neighborhood, God, and to the ends of the earth. God, we love you. We need you. We want to make you known. We want to see people transformed. God, let it be that we don't just listen to your word. Thank you. 